Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. App upgrades and other features. Challenge your friends or compete against the rest of the world. Download the app and use referral code DeLorean when you register and you could win your very own DeLorean. How cool is that? Check it out on asmfree.com or in the iTunes store. Again, that's asmfree.com. Don't be left out. Welcome to an all-new, family-friendly edition of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. You better believe it is. We are always welcoming families in. What is that? Scott, it's Skype making some noise. Yeah, you Scott, don't worry we're trying about to this. come in here on a nice, family-friendly show. Hatfields, McCoys, the Peacocks, all the nice families. Rick cursing right off the top of the show. I don't know if you guys got a chance to hear that. I hope not. But anyway, welcome in. We are Flieger and Briggs. If you didn't know that, you should by now. And, you know, we are through the Scott Fishbowl 360, and we actually, people keep sending us lineups to tear apart. And look. Oh, really? Oh, sure. Yeah, right. we, st- we still have some. We may get to them later on. We got Scott Fish going to call in. They want to go through... One of your legs that you're in. Well, you go the dismiss this. I don't know which one it is. I can't remember. This is the FFCC 200 version four, my friend. Fun league taking on drafting right ahead of or behind, depending on the round. The aforementioned Scott Fish, who named his team the Flieger Destroyers. So I think we got a bit of a rivalry there going already. So we're going to talk about how I'm going to win the championship and how Scott's going down. Oh, yeah, and I mean, that's what we usually talk about, is how great you think you are. (laughs) And, I mean, because you can go on forever and ever. And, um, you know, it just never ends with you. However, you know, you did read me some of your lineup uh, before we went on the air. It's quite impressive. I'll give you the props when you get them. There's no question. As you well should. So a fun draft, a a different little scoring system, pretty much standard across the board until you get to the tight end, Rick, where you get seven points for a tight end touchdown, get some kick return yards, get those individual kick return touchdowns, and it led to uh, several several different uh, draft strategies that I think we're going to go over. I think, Rick, we have got Scott on the line. I assume this is him. Let's go to it. Scott, is that you? What's going on, guys? What's happening? The, the Flieger Destroyer, I guess, is your name now, I should say. Oh, I wish. I wish. This draft is not going too well for me. I mean, as an analyst, you for the last 12, 13 years, you have good drafts, you have bad drafts, you have average ones. This one's, this one's not great for me. I'm afraid Flieger's team is pretty awesome, and mine is... Uh, Mine's not the greatest, uh, but I'm here ready to, t- to talk as much Brett Favre as you want to tonight. <laughs> Brett, Brett Favre. Any truth to the rumor he's coming back to Minnesota here towards the end of camp? 
Oh, God, I hope no. I hope not. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sure we could probably get a commercial out of them somewhere along the line. Uh, and, uh, you know, some jeans or something like that, or how he could play at 55. And, you know, I mean, you just can't get enough of Brett Favre. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? John Madden. Uh, Brett Favre. That's a terrible Brett Favre impression. It wasn't. It was a John Madden. All right, Scott. Enough of Rick Briggs. Let, let's start breaking this down here before Scott, my Scott. Let's talk about your team because I really don't care about <laughs> Rick's. I've heard enough about his, and he, you know, he's sitting there with his thumbs in his lapels and wearing a top hat, thinking he's just got he's king of the world. Well, I, I honestly like his team better than mine. I'll I'll be honest. I, I like a lot of teams in this better than mine. I I I'm gonna need some luck to do better. I got I got just. Uh, I got sniped back and forth on either either side of me by one Mr. Rick Briggs uh, a few times. Um, yeah. And being that I did not make it into it, and I'm I'm basically an outsider looking in. I think I'm going to have to be honest too. I agree with you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like some other teams better than yours, but anyway, that's oh that's- God, yeah. <laughs> so so let's get your strategy going in, Scott. It's something I largely ignored, and it's maybe my only concern. I didn't consider the extra point for a tight end touchdown that overwhelming, enough for me to completely blow up my draft strategy, especially the point where it allowed Jeremy Hill to fall to me in the third round. I believe that that was the first major snipe I, I laid on you. Did you factor that in much? The kick return yards, did you factor that in much? It, it was a different format. It really led to uh, sort of the ADPs being all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The tight end extra touchdown, extra point for a touchdown, hell no. I mean, even let's say even if Jimmy Graham scores 10 touchdowns, that's 10 extra points over the course of 16 weeks. That's not even a point per week. That's that is not something anybody should be factoring into a draft strategy. Uh, the 1.5 is a little different. Uh, it definitely pushes tight ends up a little bit. Uh, I did not let it affect me too much. Uh, more to the fact that the draft did just not just didn't fl- fall to me that way very often. Um, the kick returning, however, I don't know if you guys play in a lot of kick return or punt return leagues, uh, yardage leagues. Do you guys? No, I don't. I don't think I'm in any yet, other than this one this year. Okay, well, at average punt return points is one per 10 yards, kind of like running backs and wide receivers. Average kick return yards is generally one per 20 yards or one per 25 yards, like a quarterback. In this, kick return yards are one per 10 yards. So bas- imagine giving a quarterback one point per 10 yards passing. That's basically what kick returners have in this which is just astronomical, and I did not factor it in too late. Uh, a couple of people noticed right away, and, and I can talk about a couple of those picks that, that look like really good picks uh, that might have, uh, might, in another league, might uh, screw someone's eyes up a little. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of that. Uh, why don't we go ahead? Let's just jump into those, those guys, because I didn't identify any of those guys early enough either. It, it was really hard for me. If there's one place I struggled, it was with that, where where these guys would go and how much I want to rely solely on these kick return yards. Yeah, I think, I think the first major one I noticed that made me take a second look because I didn't realize, I, I noticed the kick return points. I didn't realize that it was so astronomically high for kick returns specifically is Jarvis Landry going at um, the uh, 3.1 ahead of guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, 
uh, and a whole host of other guys. Jarvis Landry was the wide receiver 10 in this format last year. He was a kicker simply because he does both kick returns and punt returns. Um, there are a couple others, like Devin Hester uh, went – way earlier than he probably doesn't even go in most leagues and I noticed him go somewhere in the somewhere in about the 15th or 16th. Uh I took Philip Dorsett in the 14th. He's slated to be the kick returner punt returner for Indianapolis. Uh merely for some extra points there. It's it is a factor. It it makes more wide receivers uh flex worthy, I should say in this league. Yeah, I I think it does. And when you look at it, you know, one guy, if you could call the fifth overall pick a value, draft leads taking Antonio Brown at fifth overall. If you factor in this punt return yardage, I don't care what anybody says, you know, about Dre Archer or anybody else. The Steelers pretend like is going to be returning punts. When, When the rubber meets the road and the Steelers need a win and they need some field position, Antonio Brown's going to be returning punts. So on top of being the number one wide receiver in fantasy football, you factor these these yards in. This could be huge. It could actually make Antonio Brown look like a value at five. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, and like I said, it had I noticed that a little – I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't put stock into it. I probably would have taken Antonio Brown at four. One other pick that these return yardage, uh, this return yardage really shaped for me was when I took Niall Davis in the 10th round because he is their kick returner. And in this format, he was running back 16 last year. He was, he was an RB2 in this league because of kick return yardage. Yeah, and I think, I, I honestly believe, and this is going to draw the ire of Mr. Briggs, I think, Jamal Charles is a guy I'm a just a tad bit nervous about going into this season. I think you saw enough out of Davis that I don't think there's any need to run Charles into this. He tends to get banged up a little bit. I don't know what it is, why it is. I don't have the warm and fuzzies about Jamal Charles. I, look, he's still a, a, a RB1. He's still a first-round guy. But he's not a guy I'm really targeting. And I think Niall Davis, especially in this format, will certainly have some value. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if Charles does go down, he'll – He's he's not just a RB sixteen. He might be RBC RB three or RB four. He was really good with him out. You know, I am I have Charles at number three right now or number four. Excuse me. I mean, he's still a top five guy. But I agree with you. I mean, now Davis has certainly proved his his worthiness. And I finally did find the league. Rick, oh, that's and, good. Uh, it only took you, uh, what, uh, Well, the link you minutes. sent me didn't work, so I had to find <laughs> it on my own. But well. uh, looking at your um, talent-depleted running back, Scott, <laughs> it's um, – What? <laughs> I'm sorry. You have Eddie Lacy, which is fine. Don't don't get me wrong. That's oh, fine. fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he is. He's great. But you only have one running back. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt certainly has a potential I like. But, I mean, McKinnon's lucky if he's going to see the field as long as uh, AP stays healthy. Now, Abdul is very interesting. We talked about that with Jake Seeley um, on another version of the show. You know, that's a good pick there. I, I think there's some sneaky value with him because I, I tell you what, Joyke Bell, he's still dinged up, really. Yeah, they just put him on PUP today. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, we did, and, uh, you know, that's what prompted the conversation with Jake. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, this could be an upgrade, really, over Bell, too. You just never know about rookies. I mean, sometimes they're liable just to to hit a home run. 
But, um, you know, I, I saw a little risk there in your uh, backfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you only start two. And uh, between LeGarrette Blunt, who is also a returner, um, Niall Davis, uh, who's a returner, and uh, Amir Abdullah, who could be the starter, all I need is for one of those guys to step up each week. Jerick McKinnon's going to have a third down roll, probably not much, but I just need one of those guys to have a 10, 12-point week, and I'm going to be okay. Uh, J.J. is going to be the starter by midseason probably, so that's going to be good. I'm sure we all agree on that, and uh, I-, I think it'll be okay. Ajayi, <laughs> the new official running back of the asylum, uh, Mr. Ajayi, Rick, Rick's favorite button on the board. That's right. So before we I start, specifically, okay. oh, I specifically told, took him just so we could talk about him. I am glad. I mean, that is the the. I mean, that's the diamond of your backfield right there. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Lace, like I said, he's fine. He's right. but really, that's the guy. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. I don't see this one dying all year, and I hope we get a lot of odd IE questions on the slant this year, Scott. Oh, yes. I'm so, so we, excited for that. <laughs> so before we get into specific rosters here, and we will do that, uh, have an announcement to make on another SFC, FFCC 200 coming up. But looking at the Superflex, the two-quarterback strategy, Scott, I know this, yeah, this, this was big in, in the Scott Fishbowl. You know, in which you're basically John Madden now. You're basically fantasy football royalty after putting that together. So congratulations on that. I'll tell you what, you see Luck going earlier than he would. You see Rodgers going maybe a little earlier than he would. In both the, the Scott Fish Bowl and this FFCC 200, these quarterbacks move up into the later, early rounds, if that makes sense. But you don't see them moving to the top that you would expect in a two-quarterback league. You know, they did last year, and I think that people realized that you could uh, push them off a little later, and so everyone adjusted. And because so many analysts are, and so many people in the industry are in the SFB, when they made that adjustment, they started preaching about that adjustment, and that has affected 2QB, uh, affected, uh, not 2QB, but Superflex league drafting sense, honestly. Um, I like mine because I locked up that high powered potent buffalo uh quarterback <laughs> stat <laughs> so hey, no matter what happens there <laughs> yeah no matter what happens uh, i might ha- i might have the buffalo qb1 so you better watch out <laughs> so so let's look at some of these teams we'll just take them one to 12 in order rick uh you being an impartial uh third party what we'll get your take and, and scott will get yours uh, first, first pick overall uh, di- at Dynasty Pauls. He he did go running back heavy. Went Aaron Rodgers first overall. Russell Wilson, the aforementioned Jarvis Landry, Martellus Bennett, Tom Brady there at five. Uh, I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit, not the Brady saga, but the third quarterback there. Then Joyke Bell, Carlos Hyde. I'm going to have to scroll down. We'll, we won't talk about everybody. Walker, Crowell, Gates, Green. We'll start with you, Rick. What are your thoughts right there? Well, when I first looked at it, I mean, you know, I see the quarterbacks, it's like, wow. You know, I mean, it, that that's just awesome. But then I start perusing down through. Uh, boy, Jarvis Landry at three, that was kind of a, a It's the real, kick return situation. That's that, the risk you're taking. That, that's, that's a good point. Like Scott said, you know, I mean, I really didn't take that into consideration. But, you know, I, okay, I can see that. Stevie Johnson, I like. I mean, I really like him in San Diego, but. I tell you what, you have Crabtree, Richard Green, 
you know, Cordell Patterson, who's always underwhelming, Devin Smith. I mean, boy, I tell you, there's a lot of risk in, in the wide receiver situation and running back, basically the same thing. Well, here's my problem with this team. I mean, it doesn't get any better with an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady no. come week six. Problem is, you can only play two of them. Right. So I get that, but any given week, you've probably thrown away a number one or number two pick, assuming, Scott, that Tom Brady's going to average 715 yards when he comes back, which I have to assume is going to happen. I really think you threw a pick away there. Well, I, I actually think you're wrong there. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to steal this job and be the full season starter for my team. Of course he is. Now, Scott, I think this is a guy right here that actually took into this seven, bit into this seven-point touchdown and what is a point-and-a-half PPR for tight ends. Because you look at that lineup, Martellus Bennett, he has locked down both San Diego's plus Delaney Walker. You know, Martellus Bennett is someone who's very interesting to me because he's, I think we can all agree he's top five, top seven, whatever, tight end. Are you both in agreement there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you look at his stats, each of the last three years, like eight, not 80, but like 60, 70% of his uh, production comes in the first four weeks. Last year, he scored uh, 100 points in the first four weeks, over 100 points, and he only scored 250 on the year. And the year before that, three of his top four best games – came in the first four weeks. And the year before that, same deal. It's, it's like this guy comes out of the gate just dominating the first month. And then he just kind of, you know, takes it easy for the rest of the year. He's still solid. He's still an okay tight end. But he gets 20-point games to start. And then you see 8, 7, 10, 20, 8, 7, 9. Uh, he really, really tails off after that first quarter. So he's really interesting to me. But um, he really did uh, – he really did load up on the, on the tight ends, uh, and he punted running backs quite a bit. He's got some uh, running backs that are in, got some injuries and on poor teams. So I, I do worry about that a little. Yeah, and, and one thing, I, I saw some back and forth on Twitter, and I, I don't even remember which team, Scott. Maybe you can remind me when we get there. But that seemed to be a strategy for, for the one fella, that, that his strategy was the no running back strategy. And I just... Even in this super flex with all the, the tight end business and all the kick return business, I don't think there is a fantasy league in the world where you can just punt the running back position. No, no. And in this league, you get uh, a quarter point of carry, which really helps the bell cow running backs. I mean, even if, even a guy like Mark Ingram, if he gets like 200 carries, I mean, what's that really equate to? Like 40 extra points on the season, 50 extra points on the season? That's what, a couple points a game? It's it's really not as huge as people make it out to be, but for the bell cows, uh, it definitely does factor. And I, you're right; you can't. You really need to grab a running back in those first two rounds, in my opinion. All right, let's jump over to the the second overall pick. Hey, before, before we jump into the second overall pick, you do realize that I'm on the clock and you're right after me right now in this draft. Really? Well, that yeah. Could be, I'm about to find a kick returner now because we're down to nothing. I mean, just nothing out there. Yeah, I, I'm on the clock, and then you're up next. Uh, I, I think I know who I want, um, but I'm trying to figure out if I can snipe you. No, nah, I, I won't. I'll just tell you who I'm going to take. Um, it's going to be Josh Robinson of the Colts. Uh, he's been healthy four years in a row. He's only missed one game. But he's he is 32 years old, and I, I can see them, uh, you know, giving Josh Robinson – 
some some touches just to lighten Gore's load. So I think I'm going to take him. Just in case there's a Gore injury, I'm going to like having a pass-catching running back on the Indianapolis Colts offense as a possible flex play. All right, Rick, why don't you read over the yeah, Spider Dogs team while then I do a little research, and I'm going to make uh, my draft pick here. All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to look, I've been looking at Spider Dogs here while you guys were talking, and quite frankly, I like this team. Um, you know, you look at Justin Forsett and Adrian Peterson as your starting running backs. You know, the depth is a little bit skeptical with Devontae Freeman, Joseph Randall, and Terrence West. But, you know, West is going to get some playing time with Cleveland. Randall, uh, who, you really don't know about Dallas right now. you got McFadden right now, and it looks okay. But then, you know, reports there, they're talking to Chris Johnson and so forth. That's a little bit up in the air. But, you know, all in all, like Scott says, you start two running backs, and and I think you're going to be okay there. I get into the wide receivers. I love them. I love Randall Cobb. I love Martavis Bryant this year. Um, Brandon Marshall, I still like. Look, he got 1,000 yards with Miami when they had nothing there. Roddy White, and I'm really high on Terrence Williams. And his tight ends are very solid. I think this is a pretty good, solid squad, and I for, forgot to mention the quarterback's Tony Romo, who I love, and Jay Cutler. There's not much expectations for Cutler, and I think he'll be fine. He still has Josh McCowan in there as a backup, but I think Romo and Cutler are doing fine. I like this team. You know, it, on paper it looks okay, but when I look through all the other teams, uh, it's probably right in the middle of the pack. Built to lower end of the pack. I, I feel like this guy's in the middle, too. Um, I'm the judge of that, Mr. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Um, I, I'm not as high on uh, on his tight ends as you might be. I think I, I honestly feel a little regression for Greg Olson, but I still think he's safe, and I don't know what to expect from the other two. Um, I man, for set, can he do it again? I uh, I do. That's a big question. Kubiak's gone. You know, and Baltimore still has question marks, but um, I mean, I'm not very high on Forsett, quite frankly. Rick and I both are, are down on him, and I guess that makes it unanimous with this bunch right here. But he is a starter, and, you know, I don't know. He, he could be, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, we saw what he did last year. I think he regresses a little bit, but I don't think it's going to kill him, to be honest with you, with the receivers that he has. Right, and he is in a Trestman offense that just uh, broke an NFL record throwing the ball to uh, Forte 102 times, and he is a pass-catching back, so that helps. Uh, they do have a good young rookie behind him in Buck Allen, who uh, Lisa London sniped before I could get him back uh, to me. Um, but uh, also with Forsett, I think I heard on the Fake Goods podcast, I believe, that 72% of his yards, or 72% of his carries, went for 2.6 yards or less. There's some, it's something right around that range. Uh, he had a lot of big plays that really aided that, and if he can't reclaim those big plays, if he can't have a bunch of big plays again, uh, actually it was the Road of His podcast, I'm sorry. If he can't have a bunch of big plays again, that, then he's not going to repeat what he did, and Buck Allen might start taking carries away. All right, it is time for Uh-oh. me to make my draft pick. What round are we in? We're about the 20th round, right? I'm going to go with uh, guys- 20th. 19th or 20th somewhere. We're, we're, getting, we're getting towards the end here. I'm going to go with a guy who's safe. 
a guy I know, a guy I'm comfortable with, a guy who may have in a best ball format one week, a guy in a improving <laughs> offense, a, a steady voice. I'm going to go with your boy, Scott, Greg Jennings, moving down to Miami. All reports are he could be anywhere from the second to the fourth receiver. I like this steady kind of old-timer. you got Ryan Tannehill, still a young quarterback, got his big deal. And an offense that's emerging and I think is going to be good, and I think Greg Jennings could be that type of possession guy that just might buy me, especially because I have everybody on by in week 7 and 11. So give me one guy out there, one steady, solid guy that I've heard of and I'm comfortable with. So I'm going with Greg Jennings. Uh, not a lot, but they did pay him. So, uh, I can't complain with that pick. That's not a guy I was, uh, eyeing. So I approve. <laughs> well, as long as, uh, we didn't <laughs> snipe you. All right, let's move on to the third team in the draft, Scott. And I think we all know who that guy is. Must- Mr. Rick Flieger from Asylum Football. Gets Le'Veon Bell third overall. Probably wouldn't happen if a draft had started today with, with the news coming out yesterday. Certainly concerned about that two-game suspension. Feel better about two than three. Jordy Nelson in the second. This is the first time in my life, Rick, first time I've ever owned Jordy Nelson in any league. That might explain my uh, failures as of late. Jeremy Hill falls to me in the third. This is the one I love. I think this is where the the different format allowed that. There's going to be that one guy who slips and he falls to me. Then I grab my quarterbacks, get Breeze in the fourth, Stafford in the fifth, Kelvin Benjamin, Golden Tate, Rashard Jennings, everybody's darling, Amari Cooper all the way down in the ninth round. My boy D-Mac, Rick, your boy Owen Daniels. Get Marquise Colston, who's a guy, Rick, fool me once, I know who I'm getting the warm and fuzzies on at 12. Victor Cruz at 13. Had to go a little early on D'Angelo at 14 for the first couple weeks. Get that second tight end at Rodgers. I was just looking for a late uh, late kind of steal there. I, I don't know what you guys think. I'll sit back and take the beating, but I love this squad. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I do too. It's actually one of my favorites. Um, I almost, almost took Jeremy Hill in the second round, and – Decided A.J. Green was a little safer. In hindsight, knowing that I got Alshon Jeffrey in the second, or in the third, I should have taken Jeremy Hill. Um, That was the first of my plethora of mistakes in this draft. Letting Asylum Rick Flieger uh, get better players is just not something that I should have been uh, doing. Well, I'll tell you what, I have to make it unanimous. I love this team, and... You know, I've known Rick a long time, so he knows that if I say I love his team, I do because I'm not going to give him praise unless I really. Yeah, you have generally to. prefer to damn me with faint <laughs> praise, and so any any true praise is is both nice and a bit disconcerting. I, mean, I can't lie. I mean, well, yeah, you got Le'Veon Bell now reduced to two games, and you didn't even know that at the time. Uh, Jeremy Hill. You know, Rashad Jennings. We talked about him with Jake Susan. You know, on the fantasy sports network show could be a very solid rb3 if he i can hope stay so healthy. because i own him in every stinking league i own him in the s own him in the sfb and the taz draft mat everywhere he's my third running back everywhere and your wide receivers are just golden i mean you know you have uh you know not don't just mean golden tate either but uh jordy nelson you know victor cruz has a lot of potential right there we've seen what he can do Calvin Benjamin and, and Colston. Good God, I mean, who else has 
chemistry with Breeze like Colston, right? You know, especially Jimmy Graham. Put him on the board. Hashimazuli. Got it. Championship. You got it. <laughs> Ajayi. You don't have Ajayi, no, which I really pisses me let's off. Let's move on to the guy who does, Scott. We will step aside. Let's uh, let's have you break down the Flieger Destroyers, what you like, what you hate, and... Uh, you know, I think I think we almost need to have a bet on who who finishes who makes it farther, who finishes better. We need we need to do something on the inside slant. Um, but uh, let me see here. I for my quarterbacks, I have uh, Ryan Tannehill. I have Robert Griffin the third, which man uh, he he gets points for rushing in this league, but with uh, the points per carry. But, man, that is a risky-as-hell proposition, having that guy as my second quarterback. I have Jimmy Garoppolo, and I have the Buffaloes, E.J. Manuel, and Tyrod Taylor. I don't have Matt Castle, but uh, that's okay because I have watched Matt Castle play NFL football the last few years, and I don't know that he makes that team. Um, So I have a lot of running quarterbacks. Uh, I have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for the first four weeks, I hear. That's the rumor. (laughs) Uh, At running back, I have... Eddie Lacy, Nile Davis, LeGarrette Blunt, Amir Abdullah, Jarek McKinnon, and championship Jay Ajayi. <laughs> At wide receiver, I got Philip Dorsett, Jockey. Devin Funches. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Dorsett and Devin Funches as my backups, I guess. Uh, AJ Green, Alshon Jeffrey, and Jordan Matthews as my starters. And at tight end, I have Tyler Eifert, Zach Ertz, and Kyle Rudolph, who I uh, hope can. Uh, between the injuries uh, and poor play of all three of those, I hope that makes one tight end. And that is that is the thing with Kyle Rudolph. Boy, you just love the guy if he could just stay on the field. And maybe he will this year. Who knows? But um, yeah, you're okay with um, Eifert and Ertz. Uh, you know, wide receivers, you got A.J. Green, Elshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews. I mean, you can't hardly beat that. I mean, that's solid. There's no question about that. And of course, you do have um, our boy. Ajayi. Yeah. So, <laughs> one, love that button. Yeah, I do. one thing that I did find interesting that you took um, RG3 at 8.09, and at 8.08, you were sniped. Geno Smith, I saw that, went ahead of your boy RG3. How'd you feel about uh, poor old Geno going ahead of you? I actually have RG3 ranked about 19th or 20th. And I have Geno Smith in the mid twenties. Uh, there, there's a lot of good statistics on players that have quarterbacks that have had as many starts as Geno that they never make it. Um, I, I like Geno, uh, but I was actually targeting Robert Griffin as my QB three this whole draft, uh, and th- that run just killed me. Just killed me. So uh, he became my my QB two. I would t- if if. You flip those two picks, I take Robert Griffin over Geno Smith most likely anyway, personally. Yeah, I was being facetious. I was just... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Normally, normally I catch that. I did not catch that this time. Uh, do you guys want to go over the uh, how this league works with the elimination before we go too much further? You know what? That's not a bad idea. That's probably the uh, most important part of this uh, draft, and we got right into the players. Why, why, why don't you go ahead and read it off there, Scott? It's also the reason I uh, I took up Jimmy Garoppolo uh, because this first four weeks I just want another uh, swing at the swing at you know staying without a a strike as he calls it. Um, our boy at was NFL 
uh, put this together. Uh, it's an elimination elimination league where you get three strikes and third strike you're out. Um, you get a strike by being a bottom two team, and uh, basically the bottom two teams each week of the twelve get a strike. So you can't you can't be out until like someone might leave the league in week three. Their roster might go dead, but it's pretty unlikely. You need to get three strikes. So kind of what I did was build some players like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I took him specifically to, to help that first four weeks so I can at least make it a little bit. But uh, players are eliminated uh, week by week as they get their third strike. And then uh, down the line, I believe week, uh, I want to say 12 or 13, they start eliminating uh, players each week just for being bottom teams until we have a final winner in week 16. Yeah, so so an interesting format there. It, it, it really buys into uh, consistency, I, I think, is something you're looking for. And maybe high end. And let, let's jump to the next team. And I think this is a team that may fall into that. Because if this was a regular league, this for me is a cautionary tale. Starts out Antonio Brown, then gets Calvin Johnson, comes back in the third and gets Mike Evans. Th- that is tremendous. Tremendous week in and week out. But after that, and a lot of people are trying to implore this strategy of all these top-end wide receivers early on, then you go to Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. What's your possibilities there? Sam Bradford, Julian Edelman, down to our boy Geno, Chris Ivory. It goes downhill in a hurry. So in this case, in this format, is that top-end, especially those top-end two, but those top-end three, enough to keep you alive? Because it went downhill for draft league, in my opinion, starting in the fourth round and thereafter. Here, here's a worry about this. Um, he's, got, he's only got two quarterbacks because he has the Jets quarterback team. Um, what if Bradford struggles in camp and they actually start Sanchez? Uh, and then you just have one of the Jets quarterback. Alfred Blue is a backup to Foster, so Foster's going to be healthy right away. Melvin Gordon's a rookie. Who knows what he's going to do right, right away. Uh, the 49ers, that offense, I think, is going to be dreadful. Um, Denard Robinson is going to probably be a backup to T.J. Yeldon from all accounts. Uh, Todd Gurley might start the year really slow. He, he might not even play, but they're going to take it easy with him. So uh, not only that, but uh, who else? Justin Hardy's a rookie. Who knows how involved he'll be? Latimer's young. Who knows how involved he'll be? Uh, Eric Ebron is it's his second year. Walford doesn't even have the job yet. He has a lot of players that early in the season could cause him to get some strikes because he just has players that might not do much right away. And that that's something that kind of worries me. Yeah, when you're looking at a quarterback situation like that, that is scary because look, Sam Bradford's never been a healthy guy. And when you have the New York Jets quarterbacks you know, as your only other backups, you are really walking a razor's edge. What's funny is this is a guy that sniped me a few times on guys I wanted because he's the guy on the other side of me. Um, and when I look at his overall roster, I think that I have a little more upside. Uh, but I do uh, – the first rosters you draft end up doing decent. And the best rosters you draft sometimes, uh, like Rick Fleegers in this, it looks good, but, I mean, he'll probably finish, you know, ninth, 10th. 
that's usually where I end up, and I fully expect that in the Scott Fish Bowl as well. Let's move on to uh, Big Worms Brawlers. A shout-out to what I consider, Rick, the greatest thing ever put on film, the movie Friday. I'm, I'm certain you agree with me 100% there. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's pathetic. Uh, goes on early. Andrew Luck, gotta love it. LaShawn McCoy, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Sanders, Bridgewater, Vereen, Allen Robinson, Safarian Jenkins. I'll just go down through nine. So... Uh, pretty, I, I love Hilton and getting him in the fourth round at 4-7. I like, you got to love Luck there. Still love McCoy. Uh, I, I think good across the starting lineup, but I don't see a ton of depth there. No, I'm going to have to agree with you there, Rick. Um, you know, you, you went down through nine, and, and it, it was okay. And there's no problems at all, I don't think. But um, it, there's some interesting picks. Um, I actually like David Johnson, the, the, the 12th round pick for him. Very well could emerge as a viable back in Arizona, but not somebody I don't think you want to start all the time. And you basically have Shady, and that's it. And, uh, I mean, that's that's dangerous territory right there. Um, I, I agree with you. And I don't e- I'm not even that high on, on the tight ends. I mean, Dwayne Allen certainly going to be splitting a lot of time with Kobe Fleener. Gavin Escobar not taking he's not booting Jason Witten out by any stretch of imagination and you know Safarian Jenkins eh, has a little potential there but certainly doesn't blow my skirt up yeah one thing I want to mention this one last thing about at draft leads the last team we talked about they have six wide receivers that might start each week for him so he maybe doesn't even need his other flex play Incredible, like you mentioned. Uh, but onto that crew that is very that's probably the best overall crew in, in the league. I haven't seen all the teams, but I tell you what, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, onto Big Worms Brawlers. I think I like this team more than you guys, uh, mainly because what does he have? Six return men on this team. Uh, it's it's crazy. He's got Luck and Bridgewater, which I I'm higher on Bridgewater than most. It might be my Vikings fandom or or it might be just because Bridgewater was QB 11 for the last six games he played last year. He was, he was looking really good, and you know, you know how rookies go in coming in second year. He's only going to get better. I think he's got better weapons. So I love that luck, Bridgewater. Um, McCoy is solid. I love Vereen as a reception back. Uh, Danny Woodhead's coming back he, as a reception back. Lance Dunbar is a return man, uh, as well as a, re- as a third down back. Tavon Austin and Cole Beasley and uh, Emmanuel Sanders are all return men as well to go with T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks. Brashad Perryman, it, I think his downside is probably Torrey Smith from last year, who didn't have a great year in Baltimore. I think, I think, that's, I think you can expect that from Perryman in a Tressman offense. And Allen Robinson I really, really like. So I think I like this team maybe more than you guys. I had this as a top-four team. Um, when I, when I looked at it, he was, he was top four or five, definitely in my eyes. We talk about Shane Vereen for a minute. I, I'm just curious. We, we know what he can do. I wonder, number one, is he a product of what they do up there in new England and what Bill Belichick can do in terms of finding matchups? And number two, quite frankly, is there enough to go around in New York this year for for Vereen to put up the type of numbers we saw from him in New England and expected from him in New England, you got Victor Cruz back healthy. I believe you still have Randall there. You got the emergence of Odell Beckham, Rashad Jennings when he's on the field. 
is going to be the number one running back. Is there enough to go around for Vereen to put up anywhere close to the numbers we expected from him in New England? Uh, I, wow, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think it might be, uh, it might be game dependent, which is better for best ball. Honestly, I think that he might be one of those guys that maybe when Beckham and, uh, and others, sorry, I'm blanking right now, but when, when other players are having big weeks, he might, he might sit quiet, but he also might have games where the Giants have to depend on uh, middle-of-the-field yards out of Shane Vereen. They might, if with Odell Beckham, maybe doubled or tripled or, uh, you know, running the ball. I, I think um, I like him a decent amount, uh, so... That's tough for me. He might have been a product of New England, but in New, even in New England, he had a bunch of goose egg type games too. Yeah, and I think, and I, I think that's an excellent point, Scott. In a best ball format, I think he holds more value. Let's move on to a man. This, this show's going quick. Lido Glaw. I hope I'm saying that right. At Lido Glaw, Matt Forte. That's my boy. I'm writing currently in the process of writing a Matt Forte rant right now. Odell Beckham, Travis Kelsey. Let's let's take a minute and talk about Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Both the Scott Fishbowl, and now in this one, this is about where this cat's going. You know, outside of, of these these types of formats, he's going a little bit later, but not a lot later. Is that Kansas City offense good? And I know from a skill set position, he's one of those top three or four guys. Is he is he that guy to to justify this high of a draft spot? Not to <sighs> me. I I mean. I you know we've we've gone through rankings. Of course, we have the the Gronk and the Graham ahead of him. I still got Olsen ahead of him. I still have Martellus Bennett ahead of him. Um, and if, I had Gates ahead of him until now. But uh, you know Kelsey's right there. But I don't know. I, there's a lot of guys, and I have him higher because of his athleticism, not so much of his production. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Quite frankly, I mean, Andy Reid's offenses are so strange. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting week to no, week. No, you, you don't, and, and it's very bizarre. I'm high on the guy, but fantasy-wise, I'm not near as high as a lot of other people. Well, Lisa London sniped me consistently. I wanted Buck Allen to drop to me. I wanted uh, uh, Green Beckham to drop to me, Charles Johnson to drop to me, and uh, – I probably would have taken Kelsey if he had dropped to me, but um, she took him in the third, so I was about 15, 20 picks away from that. Uh, Kelsey, I think the problem is Kelsey's floor is below Martellus Bennett and Greg Olson and guys like that, which uh, guys like, you know, a lot of people, that's why a lot of people like those two more. A lot of people, I'd say most people are on the Kelsey, uh, the Kelsey bandwagon because his upside is like a mini poor man's Gronk, in my opinion. I, I think I would not be shocked if if we came here on the inside slant week 16 next year and he is sitting there with 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, and nine TDs, I would not even, not even remotely be shocked. I think uh, his floor is probably in that 65, 750, and 5 range, which is lower is so much higher and that's I think what people people like him because he's a sexy pick and because of that upside all right so let's let's move on after Kelsey we got Matt Ryan Yeldon Smith Johnson Foles uh we, we can go down 
Johnson again, Angelor. You know, I like this team. I like the top end with Forte and Beckham. We'll see what what we get from Kelsey. I think in this format, he certainly holds more value. I'm actually expecting a bit of a bounce back from Matt Ryan this year. The jury's out on Yeldon. You know, Smith's great if you're not looking for a bunch of touchdowns, obviously. So I, I solid but unspectacular. Could I say that about this roster? I think this is a roster that can compete. Oh, I do too. I I really do. There's um, you know, it, it's very young. I mean, I'm looking at what is there five five rookies on there. Three of them are running back. Yeldon. I'm looking for good things out of Yeldon. I think Jacksonville's going to surprise a little bit this year. They're in a crappy division when it gets right down to it. Tennessee's not very good. Now, Houston and, and Indianapolis are good, but, you know, I think Yeldon, I mean, they're good enough. I think he can compete, and he's going to be better than Denard Robinson. And I like this guy. Duke Johnson certainly has potential there. And, of course, Matt Forte, your boy. My boy. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, um, I I really like this team as well. I, I didn't have it up there with uh, the, the big worm league before it. I think there's a lot more risk involved on this team. Uh, but I do, I do like it. I think she needs a lot of things to happen. I think Lisa needs a lot of things to happen for it to, uh, you know, win. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I like a lot of the players. She's got a lot of upside, I should say, on this team. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's move on. These next two teams I'm excited to talk about because we see two uh, or two of the next three. We see a couple distinct strategies here. At my sleeper starts out, he's, he shoved all in on the tight ends, getting Gronk and Jimmy Graham right out the bat. Frank Gore's favorite running back, C.J. Spiller in the fifth. Eli Manning, who, who's a guy I'm gradually and maybe foolishly falling in love with, and he's starting to dance near my top five in terms of quarterbacks. Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston, Doug Martin, Sankey, we, we start to get to the, uh, the, the heap uh, of running backs thereafter. So this is a team, I, I guess here it is, does the uh, specialty points for the tight ends, is that enough to carry this team? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I think that I think that his running backs would give him. Oh man, can you imagine if Gore gets injured with those running backs? Right, uh, exactly. If Spiller doesn't become the second coming of Darren Sproles, <laughs> and Frank Gore gets injured, his running backs are going to just tank his team. I'm with you on Eli Palmer, and and I I really like Winston. I think I think I would not be shocked if Winston has close to a thirty touchdown year this year. Um, he's got the weapons. Uh, I, I feel like Tampa's going to have to throw a lot, and he plays teams like the Saints and Falcons and stuff twice. A bunch of he plays a lot of poor defenses. So his quarterbacks, I really like in a best ball. They all have different bye weeks. They all can have Eli Manning and Carson Palmer. We already know can have big boomer bust weeks, and I think Jameis Winston can as well. He's got the two tight ends. And he's got he's, you know, he's got some uh, some a couple returners like DeAnthony Thomas and Josh Huff and stuff. I don't like his running backs and wide receivers, but all he really needs because he's going to flex a tight end and flex a quarterback every week. All he really needs is a couple of them to step up each week, and he'll do okay. Yeah, so so let's jump over to Todd from PA. Now here's another interesting strategy. Love the first five rounds here. 
But you're going to notice <laughs> one big thing missing through the top end of this draft. Jamal Charles, getting him at nine. Yeah, while I say I have reservations, if you can get him at nine, jump all over it. Marshawn Lynch in the second. Ben Roethlisberger, who I, I think we can all agree is a top five QB this year. Peyton Manning, Rick's boy, Latavius Murray, Tevin Coleman, Julius Thomas, Jason Witten. We're in the ninth round, though, before we get to our first wide receiver at Sammy Watkins. So that top end, the, the quarterbacks and the running backs are, are huge and are going to carry this team, but can carry them enough to overcome Sammy Watkins and Mike Wallace as your top two wide receivers. You know, that – I'll tell you what. Some of these wide receivers are – you know, Eric Decker – to me, is very intriguing. Steve Smith after him. Steve Smith again. I mean, Eric Decker put together 75 catches in, I think, 900-some yards last year. And we have Brandon Marshall in New York now taking the top coverage from Eric Decker. This guy is intriguing to me. Reuben Randall. Victor Cruz come back. Again, is there enough to go around I don't in New know York? I love Randall. Is there Randall. enough to go around? That's what I was going to say. With him coming back, I'm a little gimpy on him. Same with Sanu. Found some real value in him last year with Cincinnati, but now AJ Green's healthy and um, help me out. The other guy that was hurt, uh, Scott. What was his name <laughs> for Cincinnati? Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Marvin Jones. You know, Sanu's iffy again. You know, but I like Steve Smith. I like Eric Decker, Sammy Watkins, and Mike Wallace. Wallace. I mean, we've already talked about this potent Buffalo quarterback situation, so. Watkins is iffy, and Wallace to me is a one-trick pony. Yep, I'm. I'm. I. I can't say much more than you guys already said. I. I. During the draft, I felt like he was taking players I liked at several points, but looking at the roster as a whole, I think it's right in the middle of the pack. I kind of like my team a little more than this one um, because I have, you know, a set couple running backs and a set couple wide receivers he's going to have to depend on a giant group doing a bunch of uh a giant group having good games uh you know at random points in a best ball format to uh to progress uh, i do like lynch and charles though that's that's really really awesome in this format to to have a stable like that i was talking about his wide receivers before sorry well, I'm glad you love Jamal Charles and Marshawn <laughs> Lynch. God, that. Well, let's fall. Yes. Burger Prime man. analyst. Prime yeah. analyst comment. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, Seth FFL. Now, here's another interesting squad here. Sort of a very, very similar similar path he took. Getting Arian Foster, DeMarco Murray, Lamar Miller, Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton. Bortles, and here we are in the ninth round again before the first wide receivers taken. What I will say for Seth here is getting Macklin, getting Vincent Jackson. I think you did a little better on the top end of the wide receivers when you're waiting that late, but boy, it went downhill real quick after that. Yeah, I'll have to go along there. You know, Marvin Jones could have a little value depending on how he evolves if he takes over for Sanu. You know, Alan Hearns. You know, intriguing, but I'm not convinced on him yet. But, you know, you have Devin Hester. You, you talk about the return stuff. And um, and even Percy Harvin, another real big question mark. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, Scott. I love the top end as far as where he got the, the wide receivers with Macklin and Vincent Jackson. Tyler Lockett, I'm not real high on him. But, um, you know, because 
it is Seattle. I mean, Seattle's one of these teams. You got Marshawn Lynch, of course they have Graham now, and Russell Wilson and everybody else, it seems like. Well, I I think that I think you might be understating uh Devin Hester a little bit. We you know, we we brush over the return yards, but they are ast- the kick return yards are astronomical in this league. Devin well, Hester agree. Okay, exactly where Devin Hester landed last year, but um he had 12 or more fantasy points uh 12 weeks last year in this format. So I- including several over 20. So best ball Hard not to like that in your wide receiver core. Yeah, I, I mean, no question. But you, you talk about even for one week in a in a knockout type of format, he returns one 104 to the house. That might be enough to carry your team right there. We had to keep moving. Let's go to Dan 680 here. This is an interesting team. Demarius Thomas, C.J. Anderson, Alfred Morris, Ellington, Kaepernick, Keenan Allen, Andre Johnson, Marcus Mariota. Uh, who do we got? We got Hill, the tight end down here at 11. Deshaun Jackson at 12. I like that. This is this team is sort of sort of by the books, sort sort of straight laced. Uh, this will be another one, good maybe unspectacular, but I think it's a good squad. It's kind of hard. You like it. Go ahead. Okay, I mean you got C.J. Anderson. He got them in the in the second round. You got Alfred Morris. I mean that is that's very solid, and he. Made that nice pick of uh, handcuff with Monty Ball, I think, uh, to back up the Anderson. So he's got the Denver running backs. And, uh, you know, Alfred Morris is, is solid. Andre Ellington's still pretty good. The receivers, I tell you what, with, with Andre Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, who I've never been a big fan of him, but he can win you some weeks uh, with some of his play. Michael Floyd, Keenan Allen. Albeit he's inconsistent, but it's a good offense. I think this is a pretty solid outfit right here. I, I think you like it a little bit more than I do, but bottom to top, it's incredibly consistent. Like I think all of these, all of these players. I'm looking here right now. It looks like all of these, nearly all these players, scored over 100 points last year, which is pretty, pretty nice. Um, I, I think we can move on. I think you guys both said it said it well. I like it. I don't love it, but we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, and moving on to number twelve. Now, at first blush, when I look at this team, and I'm seeing it really, to be honest, for the first time right now, if anyone's going to challenge me for my crown, gentlemen, I love this squad. Des Bryant and Julio Jones were down at twelve, so right at the turn. Followed up with DeAndre Hopkins, Mark Ingram, Phil Rivers, able to get. Gio Bernard with the first pick of the sixth round. Your boy, Rick Derrick Carr, down there at 12. Jordan Cameron, a guy I'm expecting to bounce back on. Devontae Adams, who, look, we don't know exactly. I I don't know where I land on that. But this team, the top end, and we can go down through. I really like this squad. And starting out, Brian Jones, Hopkins, Ingram, Rivers, Bernard. I I really, really like this team. Yeah, I do, too. And just – you know, just to expound on where you kind of left off, I mean, he supplemented the running back core. Fred Jackson in the 15th, the last pick of the 15th round, I thought that was good, very good. Uh, we forgot Rude. to mention Trey, Trey Mason. Um, he got in the 11th round, uh, which which I like, uh, you know, because we're not real sure about Gurley 
and Mason could have a lot of value this year. Especially early, I think. Especially early, exactly. Uh, you know, Kevin White put on the pup list. Uh, of course, that was before, you know, this draft or after this draft. But, boy, I tell you what, nice wide receivers, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, I, you can't start any better than that. John Brown I like. And he's very safe at tight end. Jordan Cameron, you mentioned Heath Miller. I just think Heath Miller is just going to guarantee about 60 catches, about 700 yards, probably five touchdowns. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Mikel Rivera, nothing spectacular, but but he's safe enough at tight end. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I like it, but is it, some some of it's a little too safe. I'm worried. I'm worried about his running backs way more than you you guys might be. Uh, Ingram, Ingram has an injury history. I know he's been good the last year and a half, but what if that creeps up again? Gio has an injury history. What if that creeps up? I don't think he has anything at running back after that. Trey Mason might be good early, but Gurley's going to take snaps as that goes on. He might have very, he has so, he has some, he has a lot of risk. You mentioned safe with his tight ends. As much safety as he has a tight end, he has with risk at running back. Uh, his wide receivers, you, are, you've already said, they're awesome. And uh, quarterbacks, if Derek Carr does what a lot of people think Derek Carr is going to do, then that's you know two starters weekly that are going to be pretty darn good. All right, so that wraps up the top twelve. Rick, it kind of or Scott, it kind of sounds to me like you have these ranked at least to to a degree. So, well, let's hear your rankings. What you have, your your first thoughts, if you had to pick right now. Uh, my first, you know what? I had them ranked in my head, but as we went through them, it started to change. And teams, uh, yours and I believe Big Worms were the two that really stuck out to me as we went through them. Um, there was also, I'm trying to remember what the other team was. Uh, I, I'm blanking on it, but I talked about, but I worry about his running backs. The, I, I think you are probably one of the top three, so uh, maybe I'll just give you credit for being number one, and, and yeah. you can you can live with that for the rest of the off season. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Scott. I was kind of hoping to fill the pack somewhere. Oh, I'm trying to curse you. <laughs> well, well, I don't blame you. So yeah, we'll work on that little side bet before we get to week one in the uh, in the the slant. I almost forgot what the show's called. Boy, that's not far away. No, it's not. No. I, I agree with Scott. I like your team, Rick. I, I hate to admit it, but I tell you, a team to watch, Spider Dogs. I like that team, and um, I, I think there's a lot of risk there um, in the receiving core, but I think there's a lot of, I tell you what, some knockout punches in that what wide receiving core, too. All right, Scott. Well, before we get you out of here, let, let's talk a little bit of Scott Fishbowl 360. What a rousing success, man. Did you have any idea it would turn into what it turned into this season? You know, for the since 2010, that's kind of been the hope. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I've only really been uh, pushing it on people for the last three years, but, man, I love it. I, I am so impressed. It was the number one trading topic on, on Twitter here in Minnesota the first day. Incredible, and it was everywhere when you looked at. It. And I got to tell you, that first show where we broke down all those all those uh, all those rosters, the first show, our numbers tripled that day. So, uh, with all credit to you on that one, Scott. That, that's how big the Scott Fishbowl is. 
Man, that is that is awesome. I will be looking for that check in the mail. <laughs> Absolutely, and it is on the way. It is certainly in the mail. So you ready to commit to the Scott Fish Bowl 720 next year? Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I could I could do it. That we have 1,200 people signed up for next year. So, but I I think we're looking at either 360 again or 480. Wow, 480. That's that's insanity. Yeah, 480 separate people talking about the same thing and their teams at the same time. You might get three shows out of that one. Oh, absolutely. We we could probably get three out of this one, and maybe we'll get back to those a little bit next week. Well, Scott, appreciate it. We're getting up against the clock, and we got a couple of house cleaning things we got to do. We certainly appreciate you taking the time and calling in, and uh, we're looking forward to the slant. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I wanna I wanna mention uh, one quick thing. I wanna thank Football Diehards. They uh, let me write a dynasty article for their magazine. It's white. It's Fantasy Football Pro Forecast. It has uh, Eddie Lacy on the cover. So go pick that up at your local grocery mart or Barnes and Noble. And big props to the uh, FFCC, uh, Fantasy Football, uh, Fantasy Football Couch Coach at. Uh, FF Coach Coach and at Waz NFL for uh, running these leagues. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot of fun. Well, Scott, we appreciate it. Take care, and we'll talk again real soon. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Thanks. Take care, Scott. All right, that is Scott Fish. He appears with us every Sunday morning during the season as we answer all your questions at Asylum Football and at AsylumFantasySports.com. Rick, before we get out of here, I know we're up against the clock, but we do have to announce the Asylum is sponsoring. If you like this format, if you've liked what you've heard, the FFCC 200 number six sponsored by the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. I believe we will use this as our listener league this year. So check that out. Head over to uh, Fan- FF Couch Coach. That, that go over to their website. Sign up for that league. Twenty dollar buy in, and you can play with at least one of us. Maybe both of us. We'll see what happens. That's there. true. I got to see if I can uh, get off my can and get in some of these things. But uh, yeah, we are happy to sponsor it. And uh, I tell you what, it's a neat little format that we've been talking about. You know, before the show, and then with Scott on, and. Uh, it's just nice seeing the different strategies that And that, that's what was interesting yeah. about this. You saw four or five separate strategies all in one. Exactly. And you know, for for the guys out there, guys and gals that are only in, you know, maybe the one money league or something like that and, and it starts getting a little mundane, I encourage you check some of these other leagues. I, they don't even have to be money leagues, but you know, just get online and look around. There's all different kinds of scoring formats. You may find something that really starts piquing your interest again. And I mean, it just keeps things fresh. Right. And I, I like the super flex. I like the, the kicker, although uh, the kick return, although I disrespected it in this draft a little bit like that format. So head over to ffcouchcoach.com, sign up for the FFCC 200 sponsored by the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. We will play with you. We'll have a good time, and you can turn 20 bucks into 200 Yeah, and uh, that also makes things more fun, too, if you can start getting into a strategy that seems to work for you. You know, you start getting more interested. It'll be curious to see what one of these works out, because there was so many. I kind of played it straight, did what I would do in any other league. We saw running back heavy. We saw QB heavy. We saw wide receiver heavy. We saw everything, tight end heavy. We saw it all. Exactly. And and like Scott said, that one team, I forget what it was. I went off the site now, but actually went a lot of kick returner heavy. 
Right, exactly. And, and that was that was It'll be very interesting, interesting to see if that's enough to cover you week in and week exactly. out. Exactly. I mean, you that, know, a point for every ten yards. What do these guys average? And probably nineteen, yeah. twenty yards. And I Although, didn't mean to sound like I was blowing over Devin Hester. I, when I said Devin Hester, you know, we have the kick return thing. I guess it sounded like, but yeah, I mean, that was the point I was making. This guy was, or girl, whoever it was, was going right, banking on a lot of this, absolutely. You know. Here's the issue for me, though, with all the changes in the kicking game. What percentage, and I don't know, that'd be something to look up, probably something I should have looked up before I started <laughs> drafting, what percentage of kickoffs are going for touchbacks now, at least early in the season. And remember, this is a knockout format, which is very intriguing. Right. Bottom two get a strike, three strikes, and you're out, and, and then it changes a little bit. But in a knockout format, you, you have to – it's where a, a Peyton Manning discussion we talked about. We think he's going to be spectacular top of the year and fade out at the bottom. But if he can keep you alive through, maybe you can put something together for later on. So it's just a right. completely different strategy. There's a lot of fun. So FFCouchCoach.com, the FFCC 206 by the Asylum Fantasy Sports yeah, Show. 200 number six, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the sixth one. The right. 200 stands for the $200 you could win if you could manage to take me down, which i got to be honest isn't looking good for anybody. Yeah, not in the four one, I'll tell you. It's not going to be easy to take no, you down yeah. in number four. Yeah, we'll see if I can pull that off again in the six because I believe I will be in the six here. I believe I will be getting signed up as long as uh, the stampede doesn't happen before we get off the air and uh, it's all filled up, which is fine for me. Hell, we'll sponsor seven, too. I don't care. Yeah, what's the big deal? All right, and thanks again to Scott. Got a uh, good guy. You know, the work he does for for basically nothing, at least monetarily, on that Scott Fish Bowl 360. Like you said, it was trending in Minneapolis. It had to be trending in other places. Just huge. A good guy. And, and I got to be honest, Rick, hey, we won't get too deep into it. I don't, I don't want to jump on that. But there ain't a lot of good guys in this industry as far as I'm concerned. But Scott Fish is one of them. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, the conversation you and I had before the show. <laughs> Trust us when we say we could go on a 45-minute rant and we may over yet. some of the people we may yet. that um, I've, we've had you know, recent dealings with in this industry. So, yeah, Scott, uh, you are appreciated more than you probably yeah. know. I mean, I'm build sure. our website, again, for nothing. Comes on every Sunday with us on the slant. Has us into the Scott Fishbowl, a really good guy. Hey, hit us up at Asylum Football. If we get enough tweets begging us to tell the story of the guys we hate in this industry, <laughs> if we get enough interest, I'll do a bonus show just on that. Rick, you can participate or not, but I'll be more than happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, you know my person. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get a couple yinglings in you, and you'll be, you'll exactly. be happy. Exactly. I'm... Uh, I'm very politically correct until I crack a couple. Yeah, of about a beer and a half, and all bets are off. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us. A lot of new listeners, and we definitely appreciate that as the season goes forward. Check us out, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Saturdays at 1 o'clock, Cablevision Channel 147 and in the greater New York area and cable networks and that, that little Canada, Kindle gimmick all over Canada. Yeah, We're minor Gary celebrities. Busey, and, yeah. yeah. We're minor celebrities in Canada, so check that out, fantasysportsnetwork.com. We'll be back next week 
maybe talking about FFCC 206 if it gets off between now and then. If not, by God, we'll find uh, something to talk about. Well, training camp starts, fellas. Well, yeah, We're going to have guess. a lot to talk about. Hey, and uh, next, uh, not this week, but next weekend, your boys at the Asylum will be at the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame enshrinement, the Hall of Fame game. So check out, uh, yeah. be on the lookout for a bonus show from out there with a, the most of this Asylum Sports Network all together in one place. Exactly. We're going to have a lot of fun out there. And, um, Got our feet wet last year, and hopefully do a lot more this year. Yeah, I think it, now it, we know what to expect, and we won't botch it all up like we did last time. So that's it. I'm exhausted, y'all. Till next time, we'll see you. Hey, take care. This song more to your liking? Oh, I love this song. I got to say, this version better than Bill. Did Dylan sing it or did he just write it? He sang it, right? He sang there was somebody else who did, though, too, right? Well, yeah, the, um, old, the old Crow Medicine show did that as well, which is a very nice version. And it was part of the soundtrack of um, Pat Garrett and Jesse James, a movie back in the early 70s. Okay. And it was just played more or less in bits and pieces. It really wasn't, you know, released like this was. For my money, this is the best version. I, yeah, I'm not going to argue. I like the old pro medicine show. That was a good version. It's good. It, it, this is my but you favorite. know me, Dylan. I just, you know, love that. As a writer, fine. It ain't kind of hard to listen to. Oh, no. I you might need four or five of them. Anytime. You know, my daughter is uh, 23. She went to see him a couple years ago. She's about 21 then. They brought him up with a stick? And, oh, no. He's... He's fine. He just does the same stuff he's been doing for 50 years. And I asked her, how was it? She goes, couldn't understand a word he said. She goes, it didn't matter. It was Dylan. Nothing's changed in 50 years (laughs) in any All right, let's see. Okay. But he's ahead and west from the Cumberland Gap to Johnson City. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.